Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. Anyway, are you ready to get into some Word this morning? Praise God. We're going to dismiss our bridge class, and then we're going to dig into the Word. Last week, I had some things prepared, and somebody took all my time. Uh, but it was okay, uh, and, and so I really didn't get, I probably wouldn't have gotten there anyway, it's okay, you know, but, um, but anyway, today we're going to talk about repentance, now don't leave, uh, because this is not going to be what you think, praise God, uh, you know, I, how many want to know what the Bible actually says about repentance? Okay, All right, that, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about what the Bible says about repentance, not what uh, your religious friend said about repentance. Uh, we're going to see what the Bible says about repentance. And, uh, you know, it, it's actually a good word. It's a good word. There are a lot of you that, uh, uh, you know, you come to church and you sit through the message and you repent without even knowing that's what you're doing. Anybody ever, now, you know, please at least somebody raise their hand on this because I don't, you know, I want to I feel like I'm accomplishing something, okay? And uh, so if you have to pretend, that'll be okay, uh, you know. But uh, how many of you have ever heard one of my sermons, and changed your mind about what you thought about something. You, you, you saw a point and you changed your mind about it. Okay, all right. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it like all of you guys that raised your hand are serious. You really, <laughs> even though I gave you permission to raise your hand otherwise. Um, but, you know, we need to find out what the Bible says about repentance. When we change our mind, that word repent is from the Greek. It is the word metanoia, and it actually just means to change your mind. And, uh, uh, you know, I grew up hearing that, you know, repentance is when you make a 180, you make a U-turn, you go the other way, you change your mind, you change your, you know, you, you turn from your sins. But how many of you know, and I, I hope that you do because I've said this many times, that um, the word, that word metanoia, in order for it to mean 
turn from your sins has to have, you know, a, a descriptive part there too, from your sins. And, uh, you know, and I'm not thinking of the, of, of the correct uh, uh, language uh, terminology there. We got teachers in the room, so I'm not going to guess because that would, that would sound kind of foolish, I'm sure. But, uh, uh, but anyway, you know, you, you've got to, it, it just means to change your mind. So in order for it to mean change your mind or turn from your sins, it has to say turn from your sins or change your mind about sin. So when you read the word repent in your Bible, don't just assume it's talking about sins. It might be, okay? There are places where it does. But don't just assume that's what it's talking about. Because sometimes we need to change our mind about other things other than just sin, all right? But you see, the church, by and large, has a very sin consciousness. And we really, most Christians think more about sin than they do about righteousness. And if we can change that where you're thinking more about righteousness, maybe you'll sin less. Okay? We need to change our mind about some things. And so I want us to, to, to begin with this today. Uh, you know, that... One of the, we've been talking about soul winning. We, we ended up, or went through, the, you know, as, as I preached in the early part of October. And then, you know, Pastor Jason preached in the, the, la, the next couple weeks. And, and uh, so I didn't really get to, to finish up. So that's the advantage of being the lead pastor is you get to continue it if you want to. And so... Uh, that's what I'm going to do today. We're going to continue this. And, you know, here's what, um, here's what the Scripture says in Luke chapter 24, verse number 47. And that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in His name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. Now, notice He said, repentance, and the remission of sins. So somebody would say, okay, see, so he said right there, repent of your sins. No, he didn't. Let's, let's pay careful attention to what he said here. He said that repentance and remission of sins. He didn't say turn from your sins, or he didn't say repent of your sins, he said, no, pay very careful attention to the way he states it here. This is, notice here, let's, let's look at this very slowly. All right, I keep uh, going back to this because I want you to get it. All right? And that repentance and. So the word and there tells us that there is going to be something in addition Two, he says repentance, and in addition to preaching repentance, 
I also want you to preach the remission of sins. Now, what is my point here? Does one have to do with the other? Yes, they do have to do with the other. But here's what we need to see. Preaching repentance, that you change your mind. And when you change your mind, then you can receive the remission of sins. Now, is he saying change your mind about sins? Well, let's, let's look. What did Jesus say? If we're going to preach what the Bible says, we need to preach what Jesus said, right? Because the Bible is the written word. Jesus is the living word. They're, God and His word, they are one. So let's look and see what the Bible says and what Jesus said they're, because they're one and the same. So in Mark chapter 1, notice this. Jesus, in the, in the beginning of His ministry, He went preaching and He was saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Change your mind. And believe in the gospel. So repentance is in relation here to your belief, not, not your behavior. Now how many know that your belief will affect your behavior? What you believe will affect the way you behave. But they are not one in the same. You know, changing your behavior doesn't necessarily equal changing what you believe. And what you believe, according to the Scripture, is more important because what you believe changes what you do. Praise God. You know, you ever had a, had a kid that you tell them to do something and they do it, but they're definitely not happy about it? You know, uh, they're murmuring and grumbling and complaining and, you know, uh, you're the worst parent in the world. You're the worst parent that ever lived. You're, you know, Anybody's kids ever do that? Yeah, yeah. You, uh, you know, they're definitely they're definitely not in agreement with you. They are doing what you said to do, but they're definitely not in agreement. You can change your behavior and not believe a thing you're doing. I don't know why I have to do this. I don't know why you know, and and. Uh, you know, kids do that all the time, but adults do it too. All right, adults do it when you know when when they see something God's wanting them to do. I don't know why I have to do this, but and they may not say it, but their their attitude about it is that you know, particularly when it comes to giving offerings. Okay, I don't know why we have to do this. I don't know why they're always begging for money. I don't know why they've got to you know, and they they give. I know people that give, that complain about it every time they do. 
But, you know, that, that's, that's why the Apostle Paul had to say, give joyfully, cheerfully, not grudgingly or of necessity. Why did he need to say that? Because there were people that were doing that. But, you know, sometimes we can change our behavior, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're changing what we believe. And see, here is the thing. What were the people that Jesus was talking to this day, what were they believing? They were believing the law of Moses, which said, you know, I mean, more specifically, the Ten Commandments. You keep these Ten Commandments, you're going to be good with God. And if you don't keep these Ten Commandments, God's going to be angry with you and punish you. And that's what the law was all about. You're, you're blessed if you do it. You're cursed if you don't. And that's what they believed. That, that's what their entire belief system was built on. Now, why was it? I mean, that was the word that God gave, you know, this book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate in it there, uh, therein day and night, uh, you know, that you may observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then will you make your way prosperous, and then will you have good success, you know. That, that's that's the, the, the law. But then along came Jesus, and Jesus came preaching and he said, you need to repent. You need to change your mind. Because how many know, just for, for sake of illustration here today, how many of you at, at some point in your life, you believed that, uh, you know, in order to be accepted by God, you had to do all the right things, and if you didn't do those, you were going to be in trouble, and God might strike you down, and God, you know, you're going to be in, you better watch out for the wrath of God. Anybody ever think like that? Yeah. 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 You know, a lot of us, we thought that way. And, and because we wanted to escape the wrath of God... Therefore, we kind of stayed in line, somewhat. But most people who do that, it's really more the somewhat. It's really more the, I hope the preacher don't find out. Because, I don't know, somehow the preacher became the judge. And, uh, you know, or at least in people's minds, they, they, things that they normally did every day at work, Things they said, ways they talked every day at work, they wouldn't dare say it if the preacher was around. But, you know, here's the thing. Jesus said, I want you to change your mind. And how many know that the law is not good news? You know, if you keep all these commandments then you will be blessed in the city, you will be blessed in the field. These blessings will come upon you and overtake you. If you don't keep these commandments, these curses will come upon you and overtake you. And it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a matter of, uh, you know, it really came down to, it was a matter of, I couldn't 
It wasn't a matter of I didn't want to do these things. It was a matter of I couldn't do these things. I was in trouble because I could not fulfill the law. I couldn't keep it. I couldn't obey all the commandments. As much as I tried, I couldn't do it. And so it became terrible news for me because I knew I couldn't do it. And if I can't do it, then God's expecting to me. He's expecting something from me that I can't do. That's terrible news. Because I know that if I don't, then I'm going to be cursed. So all these curses will come upon me. Jesus came along and he said, I want you to listen to what I'm telling you. I want you to change your mind, and I want you to believe the good news. There is good news, and the good news is because of what I am about to do for you. The good news is, I am going to fulfill all that law. I am going to fulfill all those requirements that were against you. The, the scripture calls it the handwriting of ordinances, which was against us. It didn't say the handwriting of ordinances that were for you. It said the handwriting of ordinances which were against you. It was against you. And he says, I'm going to fulfill all of those requirements that were against you. I'm going to do it on your behalf. He says, I want you to... Change your mind and listen to what I am about to tell you because I am bringing you good news. Praise God. Now, let's look at this. He said, I want you to change from being an unbeliever to being a believer. So when we preach repentance, what are we asking people to do? We shouldn't, if we're preaching repentance, meaning that they need to change their behavior, we're not really preaching the repentance like Jesus was talking about. He said that, that repentance and the remission of sins should be preached to all nations. Repentance should be preached to all nations. But if we go out and we preach you need to repent, most people think we mean you need to stop all your sinning. Now, don't get me wrong. Sin's a terrible thing. Sin will mess you up. It will wreck your life. But here's what we need to know. We need to know that when Jesus said we should preach repentance, we should be preaching a change of mind. A change of mind. He said that repentance, which will be followed by the remission of sins. Now, so what are we doing? How do you get your sins remitted? How do you get your sins remitted? Anybody? How do you get your sins remitted? You, you got you to, gotta, do you have to do something? Okay, I'm hearing, I'm, I'm hearing yes and I'm hearing believe, okay? But I'm, I'm saying some kind of an action. That's, that's what I'm getting at. Uh, so do you have to 
do some kind of action? Do you have to change your behavior, let me put it that way, to get your sins remitted? No. What you have to do to get your sins remitted is believe. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes upon Him would not perish but have everlasting life. Okay? See, I, I'm, I'm not equating believing with doing. All right? I, I'm distinguishing between the two. So that, that's, that's where a little bit of confusion maybe existed there. Uh, you know, I think those of you who, I think you understood and knew the right answer to the question, but, uh, uh, but maybe a little bit of confusion because of the way I stated that. But here's what I want you to understand, that our sins are remitted because we believe upon Jesus who paid the penalty for our sins. We believe what He did, we believe in His work, not our work. You see, if it was about my work, I'd still be in my sins. But it's about His work that my sins have been remitted. So here Jesus says that repentance, changing your mind about what you're believing, believe upon Him and your sins will as a result be remitted. Praise God. Praise God. Now, once your sins are remitted, then sin no longer has power over you, so now you have the ability to stop sinning. If you try to do it backwards, it would never work. You couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. If I tried to change my behavior and stop sinning before my sins were remitted, I had no power to do it. But once my sins are remitted, now sin has lost its power in my life. And the Bible says this. It says the strength of sin is the law. So what are we doing, you know, what are preachers thinking when they're standing in the pulpit and preaching the law? What they're doing is empowering sin in your life. Now, here's what we need to understand, is that, that sometimes, you know, Sometimes doing things the right way takes more time than doing things the wrong way. You know, you ever had a, a, a building contractor do something and he, did, he was really fast and you wonder why he was so fast? What did he not do? What did he cover over and hide that he did not do? You know, sometimes doing things the right way takes more time than doing things the wrong way. And, you know, sometimes preachers are so impatient that they don't see the results as quickly as they think they ought to. So they revert back to the law, threatening people and shaming people. 
and trying to get the desired result by shaming you. Now, how can I stand in a pulpit and shame you when Jesus took your shame? You know, if, if Jesus took your shame, why would I try to put it back on you? Now, it might get some temporary, immediate results. You know, you might go out of here and say, oh, I've got to stop doing that. And you might stop it for three weeks. But we didn't get the desired result. The, the desired result was to get you free from it. Praise God. Praise God. And sometimes that takes time. Sometimes, sometimes you got to convince people <laughs> that they really want to change. I mean, there, there are people that, you, that have sat here in this congregation, and you might be one of them this morning. You might be thinking, I don't really want to change that. i got this thing that going on in my life. I kind of like it. I really don't want to change. I can't, you know, I could, could threaten you with the wrath and judgment of God, and maybe you would go out thinking, I, bet, I don't want to change it, but I better. And therefore, you try to change it. But if we preach Jesus and Him crucified, and we preach the fact that Jesus paid for your sins, and if you will believe that, then you'll begin to change from, you'll begin to repent from the way you've been thinking about that. When, when does a belief, there is a time when you do need to repent of your sins. So when do I need to repent of my sins? Well, look at this. When you believe that there's no need to stop, you better repent of your sins. You better change your mind about your sins. When you believe there's no reason for me to stop doing this. Because after all, I'm under grace. I don't need to change. You are not under grace. You have totally misunderstood grace. And you are not living under grace. And you do need to change. You do need to stop doing So when you think there is no reason for you to stop what, you know, the, the sin that you are involved in, when you think there's no reason for you to stop, you need to repent of your sins. You need to change the way you're thinking about it. Here's what 1 John chapter 1, verse number 8 says, If we say we have no sin. So, in other words, for me to say I don't need to change, that's to say, I don't, you know, I don't have any sin. If we say that we have no, no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us verse 9 if we confess our sins now he's not talking about you verbally confess every sin you've ever done for me that's not possible and I don't think it's possible for you either. Praise God. It is not possible for me to confess every one of my sins. 
You know, there are, there are times that I have had bad attitudes, which, you know, if we want to get right down to what sin is, bad attitudes is sin. If we want to get right down to it, I sin sometimes, and I don't even realize I did until later. And the way I was raised, if between the time I sinned and the time I realized I sinned, Jesus comes back, uh-oh, I'm in trouble. But here we go, you know. I can't confess all of my sins, so what's he talking about? He, you know, I struggled with this for a long time, this scripture, because I thought, Lord, I can't confess all my sins. Is that what you're really, is that what he's saying here? No. He's saying if I say I don't have any sin. Now, in your Bible, depending on what translation you're using, I don't know what every translation says, but I know in the New King James Version, which is where I do the majority of my, uh, of my Bible study, in the New King James Version, it says if we say we have no sin, singular, we lie and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, plural, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, plural. However, in the Greek, all three of those are the same word and the same tense. So what he is really saying is if we say we have no sin, not talking about individual sins, but talking about that, that sin exists in our life. If we say we have no sin, we lie and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, not multiple sins, but we confess our state of the fact that we have sinned, then He is faithful and just to forgive us of the fact that we have sinned and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, furthermore, He's talking there about unbelievers, not believers. Now, why did I know that? Why did I know that? Now, I've, I've heard people say that, but they never really told me why they said that. But here is the reason I know is because he says he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I have been declared righteous. So if I've been declared righteous, do I have any unrighteousness to cleanse? No. My unrighteousness has already been cleansed because of the blood of Jesus. So therefore, that means he's not talking to me, a believer. He's talking to unbelievers. If they acknowledge that they have sinned, then he is faithful and he is justified in forgiving. Why is he justified? He's justified because he paid for it. You know? If I paid for something, I can give it to whoever I want to give it to. Jesus paid for our forgiveness, so he can give it to whoever he wants to give it to. Praise God. He is faithful 
That means he can be relied on, he can be trusted to forgive our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, once I have been cleansed from my unrighteousness, now I have been declared righteous. Praise God. And because I have been declared righteous, now I can walk as a forgiven man. Now, do I ever need to go back and repent? Sometimes I get a wrong attitude about what, you know, we're talking about when does a person need to repent of their sins? Well, here's when you need to repent of your sins. When you believe that God is cool with what he said is an abomination. I've seen people who are Christians, but once again, I, I will say this, they are deceived Christians. It's possible for a Christian to be deceived. But when Christians, when they say about the thing they're doing, that God said, this is an abomination to me. And when they're saying, oh, I think God's cool with that. You better repent of your sin. You know, you need to change your mind about that because God ain't cool with it. You know, he's not cool. I know it may have been, he may have said it under the law, but the reason he said it under the law is because that's what he thinks about it. Okay? And if he said it was an abomination... He still thinks it's an abomination. Praise God. And so, you know, if I'm thinking God's okay with what I'm doing, I'm under grace. I don't need to change. Grace of God's just going to take care of me. I am saying I don't care anything about what God said. I only care about what I think. And that's a terrible place to be in. You know, might not send you to hell. That's debatable, but, you know, might not send you to hell. But let me just say this. It will wreck your life. It will definitely mess your life up. When you begin to say, God's cool, when God said, I ain't cool. That's an abomination to me. Now, you say, well, what about, what, you know, what about this sin? What about that? So why don't you preach on that, Pastor? If you really care what God thinks, you'll go find out yourself. You know, if you, if you care, and, and let me tell you this. If God's telling you to stop it, that's what he means. If, if God's dealing with you about this, I've heard people, well, God's been dealing with me about that for 20 years. 20 years? Why haven't you stopped already? What is the matter with you? But, you know, if I believe God's cool with what God said is an abomination, He ain't cool with it and I need to repent of my sin. 
Now, when I'm more interested, or no, let me, let me, re, let me start that again. When you're interested in knowing what sin is in God's eyes, you'll go find out. Praise God. And probably the reason you're wondering about it is because you already have something on the inside of you that is telling you that ain't right. You need to stop doing that. You've got the voice of Holy Spirit on the inside of you telling you you need to stop that. And he's, you know, let me, let me say something here that might take some of you by surprise. God's not offended by your sins. Offense is a human weakness. God don't have any human weaknesses. He's not offended by your sin. He hates it because it hurts you. God's not thinking about, oh, well, that embarrasses me. That makes me feel bad. No, God's not thinking like that. God's thinking, I don't want to see their, their life destroyed. I don't want to see you messed up. You know, I don't want to see your life come crashing down. That's what God's thinking when you're doing what he said don't do. And I think he knows what he's talking about. All right? But Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse number 8 and 9 says, You shall not do at all, uh, you shall not at all do as we are doing here today. He's, he's about to tell you something that they've been doing here today, but he says, you shall not do this. Now, here's what he says. Every man doing whatever is right in his own eyes. That's what we're doing here today. We're just doing whatever is right in our eyes, whatever we think is okay, whatever we think is cool, we're just doing that. He said, you shall not do that. In other words, he's saying, you need to go see what God says about it. And he told you, he told you in his word what he thinks about it. And here he says, he says, for as yet you have not come to the rest and the inheritance which the Lord your God is giving you. He said, you haven't come into your inheritance yet. He said, don't be just doing whatever you think is right. Proverbs chapter 12, verse number 15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes. But he who heeds counsel is wise. Proverbs 21, verse number 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the hearts. Every way of man is right in his own eyes. But the Lord weighs the hearts. Now. When do you need to repent of your sins? 
when you try to excuse sin. When you try to excuse sin, when you try to say, it's okay, because, well, it's somebody else's fault. This is the way my daddy raised me. This is the way my mama taught me. That's the way they did it. This is the way, and, or, or, you know, well, they treated me badly, and so I'm just scarred. And so, you know, because of that, I'm excused from anything I want to do. You know, I can, I can always blame it on my parents because they didn't raise me right, because my daddy was mean to me. You know, I can blame it on them. I can blame it on society. I can blame it on some other race. I can blame it on some other political party. I can blame it on, you know, some other religion. I can blame it on this person, on that person. I can blame it on someone else. And, you know, and we try to make excuses for our sins. Well, I just have a weakness in this area. When you try to blame your sin on someone else, it was nobody else but you. And, and when you are trying to excuse your sin, you need to repent of your sins. Now, here, here's some, here's one I hear. I, I used to hear this a lot. I hadn't heard it much in a, in a while, but you know, there are sins of commission and then there are sins of omission. Now, why would somebody say that? Somebody would say that, you know, sins of commission, these are things you do. Sins of omission, those are the things you don't do. And as if one were worse than the other. It's okay if I'm committing sins or if I've, you know, if all my sins are omission. Well, the Lord told me that I needed to do this or do that, and I didn't do it. Well, that's just a sin of omission. I don't really not. I'm not committing sins. I'm just omitting to do. You know, like like one's worse than the other. Bible describes sin in the book of Romans as coming short of the glory of God. Omission, commission doesn't make any difference. If you're short of the glory of God, you're short. That's it. You know. Um, here's another one that I hear. Don't judge me because my sin is different from yours. Like that makes it all right. Well, I acknowledge mine. Does that make it okay? You know? When we're trying to make excuses for our sin, to, you know, then we need to repent of our sin. Why, because, why do I say we need to repent of our sin? Because repent means to change our mind. So obviously, if you're trying to make excuses for your sin, your mind is wrong about it. So you need to change your mind. You're thinking wrong about it. You're thinking it's okay because of this or it's okay because of that. And, and I have an excuse for doing it because of, you know. Now, 
Receiving is through believing. We're going to get off of this, uh, of this thing of why you need to repent. But receiving is through believing. How do I receive the remission of sins? I receive the remission of sins by believing. Now, if I change all of my behavior, but I don't believe, there's no remission of sin. But here's the thing. Acts chapter 10, verse number 43. To him, all the prophets witness that through his name, whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. Whoever believes in him will receive remission of sins. You realize that everything you believe or you receive from God, you got to believe it. You got to believe it. You know, the breath of life. Do you believe you're going to breathe in the next five minutes? You know, I mean, unless you're that close to death, you probably believe you're going to be breathing in the next five minutes. I mean, even, even subconsciously, you don't even think about it because you believe it so strongly. You're going to be breathing in the next five minutes. You know, what we receive from God, we receive because we believe. There is a difference in it being yours and you receiving it. You know, there is a diff- this is why if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Confession with your mouth, but there's got to be the believing to go with it. Praise God. There's a difference between salvation has been paid for for every person ever born on this planet. Salvation has been paid for. It is an established fact. Jesus will never shed another drop of blood because it has been done. It is finished. But there are multitudes who have never received it Because they don't believe it. Now, healing for your body has been provided. Jesus bore your sickness, carried your diseases and your pain in his body. But yet many people don't believe it. And many people, therefore, don't receive it. So there's a difference between it being yours and you receiving it. You've got to believe what Jesus did for you so you can receive the remission of sins. Hallelujah. So believing equals receiving. Hallelujah. You don't change you don't stop sinning in order to receive the remission of sins. You believe to receive the remission of sins, and then you are empowered to stop sinning. Praise God. 
Praise God. So what I want to do, I don't want to change your behavior. I want to change your believing. If I change your believing, you'll change your behavior. Praise God. Praise God. If you've heard this message today, whether you're in this room or whether you're viewing us online, I've got good news for you. You can receive right now the remission of sins. If you will believe what I've just preached to you, if you will believe that Jesus Christ went to the cross, paid for all of your sins, rose again from the dead, having finished the task of paying for your sins. If you believe that, one thing you need to do, you need to verbally acknowledge what you believe. That's what the confession is all about. To verbally acknowledge what you believe. Jesus said, you must be born again. This is how you get born again. Praise God. So I want you to just pray this with me right now. I want everyone hearing my voice to pray this with me. Say, God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, that he paid for all of my sin, and that he rose again from the dead so I could have new life. Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins. I receive by my choice, I receive the remission of sins. I am now saved. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into my life, for saving me. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love 